Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Heart Truth NFL podcast. I'm your host, Anish Gupta. And I'm Shrikara Jendran. We're back with uh, another week recap. And uh, obviously, one had a pretty solid NFL weekend and the other did not. And I'm the one who didn't this time. <sighs> another day, another tragic loss by less than three points. And uh, Shrikar gets to enjoy his amazing defense, amazing quarterback. Top one, top amazing, 20. Amazing, uh, you know, amazing Super Bowl contending team. And I have to deal with a team that can't kick to save their lives or uh, I thought, no, but I thought, I thought Cade York was really good. You know, you he was he, really good. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. Then he forgot how to kick the ball. And yet again, we lose a game where our kicker misses two kicks. But... Enough about us. Let's talk about something that is more for you guys and that sponsors us. Um, this episode, like all of our episodes, are brought to you by Manscaped. You heard that right, Manscaped. Uh, they just launched their fourth generation trimmer, Lawnmower 4.0. We were some of the first people to try the 4.0, blown away by the experience, the ultimate groin and body trimmer focused on intelligent functionality and an incredible comfortable grooming experience features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents uh, with their advanced skin safe technology uh, you can feel safe and confident shaving those pig skins avoiding deflations and uh, with the wireless charging system you can uh, have a way longer battery life almost as long as a good old iphone right here probably longer uh, manscaped has other amazing products like the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant uh, and some really cool uh, comfy clothing uh, like their t-shirt and boxers. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code CHT20. CHT20 at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping uh, at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped, the official partner of the Super Bowl contending San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Now go grab yourself that lawnmower 4.0. All right. Let us jump right into it with our week five recap. Can you believe it is already past week five, Shree? Can you believe that? It's very quick. <laughs> yes. The NFL season is flying by. Lots of ups and lots of downs. And one of the biggest downs has definitely got to be someone that Shreegar is happy about, the Los Angeles Rams featuring their head coach, who I so love dearly, Sean McVay, overrated. who has now lost, who is now under 500 uh, for the longest point in his career, which is uh, two weeks, or no, sorry, one week, um, you know, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, yeah, uh, and in our topic discussion, Shrikar mentioned that we, we not only want to talk about the Rams O-line, we need to we talk about the to. Rams O-line yeah, because it is putrid, and uh, I'll let Shrikar elaborate on that. What went wrong, Shriek? You picked the Rams. They collapsed, uh, you know, pretty shockingly, considering that this is a team that uh, was on everyone's radar to possibly repeat. They damn sure were on mine, so why don't you explain what's going on with this team? Yeah, well, they're 2-3, and three, mainly because Cooper Cup is this team's only threat on offense. But I guess the bigger issue here is just the five men in front of Matthew Stafford. It's just, it's a weekly beating. And Stafford entered this game having been sacked 16 times. Uh, we look back to the Niners game, the Bills game. Both of those games, he was sacked seven times, and then Dallas got five more on him. Micah Parsons got home twice. Good coaching and, and good quarterbacking 
can mask a lot of flaws, but it's never going to mask a bad O-line. There's just no escaping it for a long period of time, especially against teams who can win with four rushers. Dallas can win with four, and they teed off on Stafford. Um, They're able to just blanket their quote-unquote weapons uh, with seven, and, and they were able to just tee off there. So Stafford threw for 308 yards on 7.3 yards per attempt. But if you take out two big plays, one was the 75-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup and another 54-yarder, and Stafford's yards per attempt drops to 3.2. Look, a few big plays, you know, that's great, but it's not. I, I, it's just not going to be a sustainable attack. But the good news is L.A. gets the Panthers this week, and then they get a bye, which is much needed for them. And after that, you get the Niners and Bucks. And if the Rams don't fix this front, I mean, I, I still think they'll, they'll be they'll be, looking at that. I, I'd say they'll be three and five, and Stafford is just going to be beat up because I mean they'll beat the Panthers, but Niners and Bucks with really good fronts. <laughs> it's yeah, no. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna throw this out there. The two Super Bowl teams have not impressed me in a single game this season. That is what I've taken away. The Rams have not impressed me at all in any point. At any point in any game this year, I have not been impressed. That is crazy for me to even fathom. You guys know I'm probably the biggest Rams supporter that is not a Rams fan uh, out there. And the fact that they have literally, the Bills, terrible. Falcons almost choked a 28-3 lead. The Cardinals game, they almost blew that. Like, that was horrific second half. The Niners game got outplayed in all three phases, and now the Cowboys game, same thing. It, You're right. It comes down to the O-line. I mean, the D-line is doing fine. Obviously, Cooper Cup is picking up right where he left off, and I think he's the best receiver in the league. But you can only do so much when, again, you know, I think every game really does come down to the trenches. And if you can't win both you don't win the game. And uh, sure, you can win it on one end, but if the other end is so bad, as Shrikar is mentioning, what are you going to do? I mean, the, the Rams are literally ranked overall by ESPN, the worst offense in football. That is that is bad, right? Like we've seen teams like the Colts who are, literally cannot score a point to save their lives. We've seen the teams like the Broncos who can't score in the red zone. And all of them have had more memorable moments on offense than the Rams have had. And that is really concerning. Um, both Super Bowl teams who we thought or a, a lot of the media thought was going to be good. I mean, I I was I was all in on the Rams. I thought this was a team that was going to just pick up right where they're left off. But, I mean, the O-line is way more concerning than I had uh, initially anticipated. They can't run the ball. Uh, and you said it, Shrikar, perfectly that they, you know, aside from big plays, like what is this offense? A lot of it is just stagnant, you know, quick, uh, quick outs, right? Not really sustaining drives. And that's a problem in the NFL. Um and you said it best, right? This is a team that has got a really tough schedule out the bye. They've got their, you know, once you win a Super Bowl, you are the hunted. You are the team that you, you've got a big target on your back, no matter who you play. So, uh, and everyone's watching you, right? If you lose, hey, how did you lose to this team, right? Like a Super Bowl champ is supposed to be favored in damn near every team they play. And, you know, at this point, I would not favor them against the Niners. I would not favor them against the Bucks. I wouldn't even favor them against the Cardinals with D-Hop back. So uh, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. And I am very nervous about this team, you know, in the long run. Uh, so I'll maybe turn it over to you. Do you think this is still a playoff team? Every time I get that question posed, I say yes. 
But with every single game that I see from this team, I grow less and less confident in that answer. I'm going to say just based off the fact that the NFC is so weak, I'm going to say, yeah, they're still a playoff team. How far will they go? I think they're like first round exits. I'm going to be real. But look, and I mentioned it like way back in week one. But Sean McVay, he still does these first down runs. I'm never going to understand it. Like, it just goes straight up into the line. And you already have a bad O-line. But, oh, my God, you cannot keep going halfback dive every single first down. Like, I don't understand what – what that doesn't put you in good situations. Like, But, anyways, I'm not going to talk about McVay that much. But if you had to ask me now, only reason I say yes is literally because the NFC is that weak. Uh, I'm actually a fan of running on first down. I think it sets the tone and it keeps the drive. It keeps your second and third if down. If you shorter. vary it. But if you keep doing it, yeah. it's it gets to a point where, you know, teams will stack the box a lot earlier and like, you know, throw some play action. Everyone there. knows what it's so predictable. Stafford's a good quarterback off play action. Um, but I'll answer my own question. It, like, you know, I think through five weeks, a team kind of has an identity and, as of right now, I think I can name you seven teams better in the NFC. And that's really sad sure. to say. Uh, you know, if anyone's going to turn it around, it's Sean McVay. I've got the utmost faith in him. Uh, and the Rams did turn it around after the bye. Remember, they had uh, two straight losses, uh, right? Uh, or sorry, three straight losses in the month. They didn't win a game in the month of, uh, I think, November. Uh, but they turned it around. So, you know, there's a little bit of faith there. But it's an earlier bye this year. So, uh, you've got some tough matchups, right? Teams like the Chiefs, Bucks, Niners, as you mentioned, Packers too. <sighs> it's going to be really tough. I, But yeah, as of right now, push came to shove. I would not pick them to make it. That's fair. I, I, I'm lost with this team. Like, yeah. it, I, I'm really nearing out. Yeah, this team really can't win uh, or make games close. A team that continues to make games close and continues to insufferably kill their fans with sadness uh including me the cleveland browns this is probably the first time we've really talked about them in a segment so uh, expect me to really rant on this one the browns have had three losses this season by a combined six points not not each not on average combined six points that means they have lost a game by one they have lost a game by two, and they have lost a game by three. I have never seen that. I have never seen a team lose games that consistently by that less. And it's so crazy to me because I have this is really like the only genuine time I can really say a team can be and should be 5-0. and Because everyone says that, right? Like, okay, this thing really goes here or there. But like, if you really look at each loss, and I love how like, you know, the guys who I talk to, like Shrikar, will probably know it because they focus on the Browns a little bit more because I'm a fan of them. Like You know, right? Blowing 13 points to the Jets, right? Final two minutes. The Falcons, where you let literally 10 plays, straight plays running the ball, and you give up a touchdown. And then when you just need a field goal, Jacoby throws a pick in one of the worst ways possible, right? Oh, or against hideous. the Chargers, where Cade York misses two kicks, and Jacoby, who had a wide open lane to run into the end zone, says, no, I'm going to throw it to Amari Cooper on an in-breaking route in the red zone when they're running cover two, and they have a linebacker there just sitting uh, for the ball right to get intercepted. There are just so many things frustrating and I can't like there's a time there's a really like the first time I can say 
what does it come down to? Because the team plays well. Like I can't blame Stefanski for his play calling because the offense has been great. Like they score points, right? Like they, they're one of the best offenses in football right now by metrics defensively. Sure. You can blame Joe Woods, the defense giving up these big plays, but what is it like, you know, it's, it's just a different way each time, right? Against the jets. It was on defense against the Falcons. It was on offense. And then against the chargers, it was on special teams. So it's been all three phases where you've had one mishap that has caused a loss. I think the Browns, it's it's really mind-boggling because at the end of the day, situationally, they are just failing. Like, they are just failing in the key moments, and this is a team that plays good for literally three and, like, nine tens quarters, and then the final 0.1% of the game, they sell it. Um, you know, this is really something that I can't explain. I mean, I've seen teams lose one-possession games a lot. Last year, the Browns, again, 0-6 in one-possession games. So... What is, you know, what does it come down to? Do they need to fire Joe Woods? Do they, does Stefanski need to be on the hot seat? As a Browns fan, I would never put Stefanski on the hot seat as of right now, but I think Joe Woods should be out of there. Uh, And you're wasting, you know, a lot of good offensive production by guys like Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has been the best receiver for the Browns since Josh Gordon in 2013. As of right now, I, I don't know where this team goes from here. I mean, this is a, this was supposed to be the easy schedule. You started off five and oh. You know, you go through this tough slate with teams like the Bucks, the Bills, the Dolphins, the um, uh, the Bengals, the Ravens. Everything right? up until Texans. Right, yeah. And then you get, you know, Deshaun Watson coming back and maybe he, you know, fixed the situational type of football. But, I mean, now you're sitting at 2-3 and three when you really should be 5-0. and up. So, Shriek, I'll throw it at you. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And then maybe if you want to elaborate on what happened in that Chargers game. But, I mean, this is just inexplainable to me. I've never seen this. Brown, the Browns are going to brown. It's just it's what it is. Um, and for what it's worth, I think Brissett has actually been pretty solid at times. Been great but at then, times. But then he'll come out, and as you said, that, that, that pick where he could have literally just ran. No, he decides to throw it. Horrible decision, horrible throw. Hideous pick there. And also, it's just like, you get gifted. But I'll, I'll go into the call later. But you get gifted by one of the, one of the dumbest coaching decisions I've seen this season. Certainly the dumbest coaching decision I've seen on, on Sunday. You get that sort of gift, and you can't hit a field goal. And so you do, your offense just goes stagnant. Well, who do you blame it's, there, right? Like, cause I don't, okay, listen, I don't, right? I, don't, I don't blame Cade York. I blame the offense for just running dry when given that opportunity. A 56-yarder is hard. That's hard. Okay. I, I say that, but he's proven to hit it, right? So it was 54, but he's hit a 58-yarder four games. I see that's so that's the plus is tough. I like, I think the offense did a job on that drive. My only thing is right. The Jacoby pick you run an 11 play drive. You get all the moment. Like it was third and nine. Right. And I don't know if you saw this, but he like shakes off two defenders and runs for the first down in the most unfathomable way possible. And I'm like, Oh my God, that just happened. Right. You know, that got us in range that got us right where we needed it to be. And you know, that, that's all the momentum is on your side. And then when you throw the pick, it ruins all of that. And you're right. The fourth down call was a little bit stupid, but I understand in the way that the game is over. But if you miss it, no. the game is essentially over on your end. So I, no, I, I, I don't know. No, I don't think the call was right, but I do understand why Staley did it. And I, because, you know, the Browns were marching down uh, last drive, right? They were doing it consistently. Chargers defense couldn't stop it. But you don't call it on your own. I think it was your own forty-five. I think. Yeah, like, I'll, you, you I'll give some 
context for those who don't know what we're talking about, but a lot of analytics models are defending this call, but it's all EPA. That's, but, that's the, that's the analytic that people talk about expected points added. That is, that is the main factor that goes into like calls on fourth down, especially in the red zone. But this particular case, it was win probability and win probability skyrocketed. If you got the call, uh, it, it, was, just, it essentially went to a hundred percent, but the, or sorry, 99.9. But the thing is, right. It was a, it was a decent read. It's just me Martin Emerson jr. Made a great play on the ball. Like I, I don't necessarily blame the call. I think, yeah, the decision was bad, but at least the the call on fourth and two, I thought, you know, you got a one-on-one matchup with Mike Williams on a rookie. Kind of take it. No, it's, it just makes no sense to me. 30 to 28, you're up. One minute, 13 left. As you said, fourth and two at your own 45. You, I, I punt to a Browns team led by Jacoby Brissett, okay? I, I'm not scared. Yeah, they had no timeouts left either. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you do that. And again, because the Browns are the Browns, <laughs> you gain ten yards on the second play, and then you run for no gain, two incompletions. Uh, and sorry, it wasn't a fifty-six yard; it was a fifty-four yarder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I I blame Staley. And we look back to last year in the Raiders game when you go on fourth they and two at your own eighteen. This one, man, they really escaped with it. And like the thing is, like the Jets escaped with the win. The Falcons escape with a win but when when do we stop saying they escaped and when do we start saying there's a common denominator here and it's the same team making the same mistakes in different facets this needs to stop and quite frankly i feel like it's you know these were the supposed to be the close games that you win and now we're really going to play teams where i don't think it's even going to be close right like buffalo is just better on all three phases how are you going to make this game close right and the thing is the browns have been surprising me in so many different ways in the first three quarters and the crazy thing is, let's say they're close with Buffalo in the fourth. I know they're going to collapse, right? Or Tampa. Like, these are all games that technically roster-wise the Browns can win, but they don't. And another thing also, Miles Garrett, where have you been? Like, look, I get it, the accident. But this team got zero sacks against the Chargers. Zero, right? Blame uh, Clowney. They, they are nowhere to be found. This team literally cannot pressure the quarterback. At all, which is so crazy because you have Miles Garrett and Clowney. How much are you paying those two guys? I think it's like thirty-seven mil to a both lot. of them, yeah. right? Like, where is the pre- like where is the pressure? So you know, a lot of these games would not be close if you connected on different sides of the ball. And I think, yeah, you're right, Joe. Or you know, Joe or all the Browns fans who are telling me, hey, Joe Woods needs to go. I'm with you there, but you know, where do you go from here, right? Like, do you just clean house on defense uh, right away? I mean. Well, I, I think Stefanski's is, job is safe. I mean, that's fine. There's, there's I, still I, no way. I, there's I still no amazing, way I touched the There's still an amazing run offense. I mean, yeah. they were piling, which is another thing. Staley's a defensive coach, and he still it, like he gets more talent, and he still sucks. Like it's it's yeah. And I'm out. And the Browns' defense is it. It just seems like every year they don't connect. 2019, they had a pretty uh, solid defense. Offense didn't click. 2020, the offense was on all cylinders. The defense sucked. 2021. The defense was amazing and the offense was so bad. And then 2022, the offense <laughs> is surprisingly good and the defense is not. They just need to click. The Browns, yeah. I think the biggest thing is situationally, all three phases need to click. And if that can happen, this team can win some of these games that I'm talking about, but I, I can't bank on it. So yeah. I, I think it needs to change. But really, this is a team that should be 5-0 and and instead they are second in the division somehow. I mean, I don't know how, but... 
you know, you've got two division matchups coming up against Baltimore and uh, Cincinnati. I'm not confident in either. And you've got, you know, big matchups against the Dolphins, Bucks, and Bills. How am I, what am I supposed to think? So, you know, Browns fans, I'm with you here. I'm, you know, we're struggling. Really, we are. But, uh, hey, in a way, it can only go up from here. Uh, so let's hope for the best. Ooh, I don't know but, about that. <laughs> you have a, the Browns rock bottom, it's crazy, the standards. Like, the Browns rock bottom is still a lot. They got a ways to go. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, man. I'm, you know, looks like my lucky sweater isn't working, so we're going to switch it up. But, uh, you know, someone who I guess kind of went against uh, the quote-unquote analytics, EPA, and all that, and won uh, was John Harbaugh Sunday night. Thank you. I was a lone wolf on the Ravens for that. Uh, no thanks to Arizona. Screw you guys for ruining my pick. But um, the Ravens, you know, interesting, interesting way they played things towards the end of the game. Obviously, Lamar missed, uh, I want to say two, it was two passes that were really like, quote unquote, gimmies to score uh, in the third quarter, I believe. Um, and then, you know, the Ravens kind of come down, it's a back and forth game. I'll let Trigar kind of elaborate on it. Like what we, you know, crazy how you don't, when John Harbaugh makes a different situational game, ends up in their favor, Right. So I think it's all about playing the situations differently, and I'll let you elaborate. Yeah, it's if we flash back, gets the Bills in week four. So the Ravens had a chance to take a three-point lead um, with four minutes left at the Buffalo two-yard line, and Harbaugh let his offense go for a touchdown. Lamar Jackson threw an interception. And on Sunday night, Harbaugh, once again, he had a critical call to make. So it's fourth and one at the Cincinnati three-yard line. You're up 13-10 with just about 10 minutes left in regulation, the Ravens kicked because they knew if the Bengals drove for a go-ahead touchdown, you have Justin Tucker. And as it worked out, Cincinnati got that touchdown and Tucker hit a game-winning 43-yarder. And analytics, you know, they strongly point to, you know, going for it and not taking the three and, you know, hopes of making the game two possessions. But here's the one thing that those models did not account for. The Ravens had Justin Tucker. They had the greatest kicker in NFL history. That's and that's where you know it kind of sets apart because the Ravens had three timeouts, and they understood that you know barring like some ridiculous drive, they would get the ball back in decent shape even if they were down, and it was the right decision, and uh, it was one which led Baltimore to win a key game over Cincinnati to take first place in the AFC North. I I applaud him for making that call. And I, I think it's a little bit different situationally because let's say it's fourth and one with about three minutes left. That's, that's where I think he might have that's where I think he might have gone for it. But with it being ten minutes, I think he made the right call to kick because you said it best, right? No it's really impossible for a drive to take like nine minutes. Like if that if that happened, hey, Cincinnati, yeah, exactly. You, you can have that. Like that is like anomalous to a point where it's like no one would even suspect that yeah but i mean for what the ravens did they you know again yeah cincinnati got it got it done on offense despite not having t they did what they had to do and for baltimore it's like hey we're down uh they were down one right yeah so it was like let's uh let's just win this game with a field goal it's exactly what they did right yeah and they once they got in range they forget literally they forgot about every like they forget trying to score they knew at that spot they were good with tuck and he perfectly over the uprights, right? Or in between them. It's, it's, it's crazy how good he is, but you know, the Ravens have to understand, right? Like 
you know, we've got this guy for a reason, right? We've given him an extension for a reason. And I think the Ravens played it really well. Um, the game was one of those where it was just a back and forth, low scoring affair. And you, in that situation, every point matters and you take the guaranteed points. Uh, and I think that was where the Ravens benefited from it, especially with being at such a low scoring game. And it kind of came down to a touchdown field goal type of thing, especially being up three. I think that was a big help. So, you know, and now the Ravens have a commanding three, uh, three, two kind of lead in the AFC North with a win against uh, the Bengals. I think that was the one that they really needed to pick up on. Um, especially because Cincinnati swept them last year and they kind of, you know, they had been, they really killed them offensively last uh, two years, but corners really stepped up. Marlon Humphrey had a uh, tremendous game and, uh, you know, this Ravens team, as I kind of said, coming in, they were my favorite to win this division. They still are. Uh, this is a really good team when they get things right situationally. And so ironic because it's like the Browns and the Ravens could literally be the same, you know, kind of, it's the same kind of deal, right? Like they've both had losses where it's just like, what are you doing? Right. Um, but Hey, what I think the thing as a coach, you got to tell them, right. Past is the past. You just got to focus on being one and oh each and every week. And, uh, I think John Harbaugh does a great job of doing that. So kudos to the Ravens. Uh, I think they've, they're doing just fine. Sure, you know, you choke two games to the AFC East, but I think they'll pick it up and uh, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll they'll be fine. You know, in the NFL, these things kind of happen. Um, games go the way you really don't expect. It's just how it works, man. I mean, you know, you've got two, I think it's 272 games now uh, uh, on the season. So, you know, a couple of those are bound to happen. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of our week five recap. A lot of AFC uh, North talk. Hopefully you guys don't mind that, but uh, moving on, you know it, you love it. It's our fantasy start and sits. Uh, this time we're going to do our start and sit at the same time. So I'll let Trigar go first. Who is your week six start of the week and sit of the week? My start this week uh, is going to be Taysom Hill against the Bengals. You can play him at tight end or flex, but amazing game last week. Uh, this is really, it's really a ceiling play because Taysom is very erratic, but coming off that game, I think it's safe to start him against this Bengals defense. My sit is going to be Drake London against the Niners. He hasn't been very good for fantasy for the past couple weeks, and Niners defense is banged up. He's going to be going up against Traverius Ward. And look, I got to tell you, Traverius Ward, he is playing like a top five corner through five weeks. So I Top six, but yes. Five. Five. So my start is Taysom Hill and my sit is Drake London. <laughs> I, yeah, big, big shout out to Traverius Ward. He's been amazing one-on-one kind of put him on an island on the field side. So he's been great. I've got I've got five actually yeah, I've got five guys ahead of him. Shrikar may not, but uh definitely been playing up there. Uh so my start is gonna be Rondell Moore. I'm really hoping for a big game from him just because I think they utilize him a lot in different ways in the Cardinals offense. Uh especially it's gonna be the last game without uh, uh D Hop and then also um Seahawks defense literally cannot stop a cold. So I'm really hoping he pops off there. I think Rondell Moore is a good start. And then my sit I'm kind of leaning Brandon Ayuk here versus the Falcons, which is weird to say, but the Falcons defense has been surprisingly okay. And I mean, even if they match up Terrell on uh, uh, Debo, I just don't know if they can push the ball uh, vertically on the sidelines to a guy like Brandon Ayuk. So just be wary, a little bit of caution. Um, Another sleeper play that I'm thinking of is uh, Elijah Moore against uh, the Packers. Hopefully he kind of pops off, but uh, yeah, I, I would say my start of the week is Rondell sit is Brandon Ayuk. All right. Well, yeah. And again, leave your fantasy questions in the comments if you ever have any. Uh, we would definitely answer it. But moving on, it's our favorite segment. You know it and you damn better love it. It's our week 
Lee picks. Uh, Shrigar, why don't you give up a little rundown? Because I think someone, I think the standings have changed uh, since last week. A um, little bit, yep. Yeah, why don't you run it down? So Jack has still has a stronghold on first right now, 53 and 26. We got the fans in second, 49 and 30. Anish, you are in third, 48-31, and I am in last, 46-33. Still anyone's game, to be honest. It's, it's, we're only in week six, so I'm not too worried, but got a little bit of catching up to do. Let's get it started here. Oh, God, Thursday Night Football. Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. Uh, I'll go ahead and say I'm definitely not watching this game, or at least I'll, I'll try not to. The Commanders have more talent than the Bears, and... Carson Wentz should be able to hit a few shot plays to loosen up Chicago's defense, so I'll, I'll take Washington. And by the way, this was sent in uh, our CHT chat, but Carson Wentz is a god on Thursday. Hey, 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 hey. Let me, let me, let me expand on that, if you will, because, you know, I've got a little love-hate relationship with uh, the guy that I will always defend, but just can't anymore. Um, so you're not. Yeah, um, like... So the Bears are undefeated at home. Um, or wait, yeah, who'd they play this? Yeah, they're undefeated at home and they're winless on the road. This game's at home, but it's against a guy who's undefeated on Thursday night. So two kind of streaks are clashing here. Um, I feel like this is a game that Chicago can definitely win. Uh, wait, who'd you pick? Washington. Pick oh, Washington? Yeah. <sighs> I... I think you really like, I think Washington's just in way too much of a flux right now. Um, and it's like, you know, what Ron said about Carson and, you know, how do you, I mean, you know, this is a guy who, again, gets along with all his teammates, but just continues to get like ridiculed by like his, like in just such a weird way. Um, Cause to be fair, I really think Reich did not want to get rid of him. And then, you know, Ursay was like, no, let's get him out of here. Same kind of thing is happening now again in Washington. <sighs> um, the Bears played really good against the Vikings. <sighs> Give me Chicago at home. I think yeah. I think Chicago at home. Yeah. All right. We're yet to see what the fans do, but Jack, he's put all his picks in. He's taking Washington. So as of right now, you're the only one picking Chicago here. Let's oh, jump. I might have to change it. Let's, let's jump to a what some would consider a tough game right off the bat. The Ravens and the Giants. Wink Martindale against Lamar Jackson. Uh, we see a reunion here. This is going to be fascinating stuff. Uh, who you got here? <sighs> okay, so... Wait, where's it at again? Sorry. In New York. Oh, okay. Danny Dimes leads the league in game-winning drives, and obviously the 4-1 Giants are coming off a hell of a win against Green Bay. <sighs> I think they do come back down to earth, though. Uh, I think Baltimore takes this one again. They're just, they, I think they match up pretty well here. Uh, I don't know how any of their receivers are going to get any separation on uh, the Ravens secondary. Uh, maybe if they can run the ball, then they can take over this game. Uh, that, I think that's what it's going to come down to, but I do think the Ravens don't really have to uh, drop more in coverage, and I think they can stack the box a little bit. So I think give me the Ravens in this one. If you're going up against Wing Martindale, you got to be ready for basically every blitz you can think of. I mean, but the Ravens, they're definitely more talented in all three phases, so I'm going to go with Baltimore as well. So the way that I do things with picks is I, I, I have all the games on a Google Sheet where I you know put our picks in, but 
I never actually go off the way it's ordered just to shake things up a bit. So let's go ahead and let's jump to the Cincinnati Bengals versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'll start here. I think the Bengals are the better team, but it's never easy playing in the Superdome. This is in New Orleans, of course, for Joe Burrow. The Superdome has you know very, very good memories from his LSU days. Uh, I, I think the Bengals should be able to get right offensively here. The Saints defense just hasn't lived up to the standards their talent level suggests so far. So I'm going to take Cincinnati. This one's tough. You know, it's at New Orleans, but uh, I, I think, you know, the narrative is going to play in where it's like, oh, Burrow and Chase return to where they went crazy. And I feel like Chase is going to have a big game. And obviously the NFL world is going to be lit on fire. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Bengals here. Um, I will say this, though. I think I think if the Saints were to win, I think it's going to be pretty shocking and won't be too close if they do. Uh, but I think the Bengals end up taking it. All right, Jaguars, Colts. Uh, this division is horrible. Just terrible football all the way around. Uh, who, who do you got here? Oh, man. It's in Indy, and they've got the 10 days. Uh, this one's really hard. The Jags really let me down against Houston. Like, oh, yeah. Really, Ever since we did that Jags. Like, really let me. They have really they let me bad. down. They've re- the, I jinxed them so hard. Of course I did. Of, co- of course I did. Um, I do think this is the where they write the ship, though. Like, they, they just have to. I mean, like, they are. They, it's weird to say, but I think they are the better team. Okay. If I think Shaq Leonard is coming back. Ooh. And Jonathan Taylor. This, uh, I can't, I can't. Okay. All right. Give me, give me, give me Indy. Yeah. Okay. Somehow, somehow the Colts might be above 500. That's literally just, I don't know. They have a, they have a mini buy. So, and they're at home with the potential of Jonathan Taylor coming back. So I'm also going to take the Colts. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I think the Jaguars just have to figure it out at some point. I, I they, just, they, uh, this is a game that they I should. just don't think it comes here. I don't think it comes in a divisional game. I think the Colts are going to de- get it done. All right, let's do the Vikings and the Dolphins. I'll start for this one. The Vikings are playing pretty good football. While the Dolphins are really beat up, feels like a third straight loss for the Finns. It's just Minnesota's catching the Dolphins at the right time. Tua Tungavailoa and Teddy Bridgewater are both, unfortunately, in concussion protocols. So with Skylar Thompson starting, I'm going to be taking the Vikings here. Hey, this team, man. This was my uh, dark horse all year coming in. Uh, I think I eventually picked them to make the Super Bowl, beating the Eagles in the championship game, which I still regret. I wish I'd taken Philly. But Minnesota still look good. Uh, They're the second seed right now and uh, and 4-1. Did not look too hot against the Bears. Uh, they need to feed. This isn't even biased. They need to feed Thielen more. That being said, I will pick them. But please, can you feed? Like, it just makes your offense better. Like, literally, it's 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 coming down to, like, Jefferson or Bust. And it's like, okay, fine. Yes, obviously, he's going to do well if you force feed him the ball, like, 15 times. Get your other guys open so that when Jefferson catches the ball, it's on a lot more bigger plays rather than just, like, these, like, stupid ways of getting him the ball behind the backfield like okay fine yes it makes sense get the ball to your playmaker but just get it to Thielen it'll open up the offense more all right Minnesota Minnesota all right Jets Packers so Jack is actually taking the Packers here and uh I am not gonna go against that guy when it comes to Jets picks so 
Same. I'm gonna Same. go with the Packers. <laughs> Pencil no, me but in. I'll yeah, actually, no, I'll, I mean, it's 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 weird because the Jets can absolutely win this game, mainly because the Packers can absolutely find a way to lose this game. But still, it's at Lambeau, and the Packers really need it. So, off of desperation and the fact that it's at you know they're at home, I, I gotta go Green Bay here. If the spread is anything above five, take the Jets. I promise you. The Packers have been playing. It's just, it's so weird. They play their games at home way closer than they should, but they just find different ways to win. Dating all the way back to the Browns game last year where they won with four picks. The Patriots won with the rookie quarterback. It goes down to the wire. The Packers somehow win it. The, um, they, they just, I don't know what it is. They like, they'll, they'll have mishaps at home, but they'll just find a way. So, uh, yeah, give me the uh, Packers at home. It, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just, just weird to see them lose. Like, you know, they'll lose these shocking games, like in a different field, but not on Lambeau. All right. So we are all in unison there. We have, I think three more games. Yeah. We have three more games in the early slate. Let's, let's head to our favorite teams. I'll let you start on this one. Patriots Browns. Who are you going to take here? No, man. Oh my God. man. Why? <laughs> okay. <sighs> dude this is like genuinely the last time i could pick the browns to win a game and i'm still not going to uh give me the patriots this like it because okay this team can't beat bill belichick like it, they can't and sure the last two times they played it's at new england so maybe there's a chance but i think the patriots are finally playing their brand of football and i think that just does not bode well for the browns i think the browns offense gets low-key stuffed sure it's against bailey zappy yeah. Wait, yeah, it is right. He's playing. Oh, I think so. and I and I like Bailey Zappi. I just don't see a way we can. Okay, their O line is is playing so good. I just don't see a way we get pressure. Okay. Give me the Pats. This is all about whether you believe Bill Belichick does enough to you know shake up Jacoby Brissett. So I'm I'm riding with Belichick here. Uh, the Patriots aren't more talented than the Browns, I'd say, but they're well-coached. They can run the ball to control the clock. It's, it's, it's a winning formula. So give me New England here. Jack is taking Cleveland. So it's probably going to be a lone wolf there, but let's move on yeah, here. Oh, probably. Come on, man. I don't think the fans have picked the Browns in any game this season, <laughs> except the Jets one and the Falcons one. <laughs> and they're both lost. Speaking of the Falcons. The Browns, uh, I think, are – sorry, I think the fans are 0-6 on Browns picks. Or sorry, 0-5. No, 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 sorry. They're no, they, they took the Chargers last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. one and four. Sorry. Yeah, so um, the- but yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta and the Niners. I Look, Atlanta could be catching the Niners on a good week. Like, this has very much trap game vibes on it. because. But Shrikar is going to take the Niners because he has not picked against them yet. Here's my thing. No, don't do we it. We have to fly cross country. No, don't do it. Don't a, do this. With a beat-up defense. You have the Chiefs next week. Don't do this. Don't do this. I think the Niners are going to win, but it's going to yeah, be like... It's no, be, don't do this. Don't do this Skip Bayless thing where he's like, oh, it's going to be close, and then they win. It's going to be close. It's going to be like... amazing performance. How great did we look could, on Sunday? I could see this being like 24-17, 27-17. It's going to be like a 7 no, This is going game. to be an absolute blowout. The Niners are guaranteed nope. to win this game. No, no they're not. Any scenario where they don't. Like, Trap this game. is a Super Bowl contender um the only time the falcons beat him was week 16 in uh was it 2019, 2019. yeah it was 2019 yeah <laughs> where it was like the ultimate trap gated streetcar called it but of course he still picked the niners and this is going to be a similar day where he's going to still pick the niners sorry you picking the falcons is... oh f- hell no are you kidding me no no way 
please pick no, the Falcons. There's no. I, I was hoping you would. There's no way the Falcons beat the Niners. Are you? The Niners are not going to lose for a while. This is going to be a team that wins. They. I'm probably going to pick them against the Chiefs. This is too good of a team. This has no. This is this is a trap game. I hope they I'll, lose. I'll still pick the Niners, but they won't. All right, final game of the early slate, uh, Tampa Bay Pittsburgh. I'll 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 pose this question because I know who we're both going to take. Will the Steelers even score a touchdown this week? Like, I am take I am taking Pittsburgh to lose to lose. <laughs> yeah. I was no like there's no see way. see how great chemistry we have, guys. Yeah, I'm absolutely taking them to lose. No way. <laughs> if they win, I'll be mad. But um, yeah, no, I'm really hoping they don't. If the Bucks even struggle in this game, I mean they've got they've got real problems. So. Do you think Pittsburgh's a bottom three team in the league? Yes. What? I put I put them thirty two. I they're no, that I, bad. Yeah, I think Carolina's thirty two. I wouldn't. I, All right, I go thirty one. I've got too much too much trust in in Mike Tomlin. But yeah, I mean yeah, Pittsburgh's look pretty bad. I really hope they lose because you know obviously at least we'll have one leg up on a certain team in the AFC North. So give me Tampa, but. Yeah, I mean, they really look bad against Buffalo. All right, let's move on to the late slate. The Cardinals and the Hawks in Seattle. Yep, it is in Seattle. Uh, This game could go either way because Geno Smith is playing like Joe Montana right now, and Kyler Murray is not. So uh, give me the Seahawks here. I think, I I don't know. I think this is a pick that could change before the game actually starts, but... I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Seattle for now at home. I'm with you there. I am with you there. I think, again, I've been saying it, right? This is a team that I thought will overachieve to start the year. Uh, Again, it's just their defense hasn't really been good. Uh, But Arizona's offense hasn't necessarily scored a lot of points. Um, I think this really is going to come down to can Seattle still run the ball without Rashad Penny? And, yeah, I I think that's what really it comes down to. You mean Kenneth Walker? No, without Rashad Penny. Oh, okay, okay, my yeah, bad. So Kent, I, you know, obviously sucked, man. He was a, he was, a, I really liked him. He was on my fantasy team, yeah. but ah, oh, man, yeah, I, I think if Seattle can, I mean, their passing game is really good. So if they can just figure out the running game with Kenneth Walker, it's gonna lean, it's gonna come down to that. Um, I might, this is again, yeah, a game I might swing on, but I'm gonna say they do uh, at home. Jack is going with Arizona, so. I don't know. We'll see how this, you know, the rest of the week plays out. Yeah, I don't think Kyler's lost in Seattle. Ooh, has, I don't know. So, Makes it a little tougher, to but see. a yeah. game that's not very tough. Look, if, if the Rams can't find a way to beat the Panthers with P.J. Walker under center and an interim head coach, I'd, it's over, okay? I, I'm taking Los Angeles, but I'm, my God, if they, if they even, like, struggle, I'm going to be concerned. Yeah, please, McVeigh, please, because I will have to take so much heat from everybody that I. Oh, talk you are gonna hear it from me. <laughs> yeah, I will. Seems. I will get heat from everybody I talk football with. So please win. Uh, yeah, this the Panthers are cleaning house again after a loss to the 49ers. It's 2019 all over again. Like literally, they did the exact same thing when they lost to SF 51 to 13, I believe it was. Uh, 2019 week yep. seven with Kyle oh, Allen. Yeah. The little Kyle Allen show. Um, but, uh, yeah, they cleaned house, fired their coach, Ron Rivera, fired their D.C. So doing the same thing here. Uh, they lost. They proceeded to lose the final eight games of the season back then. So, All right. Uh, yeah. let's, let's do it. Here we go. Best game of the year. It's the Bills and the Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and start this one. The Chiefs and Bills are the two 
top Super Bowl contenders, and they square off in a rematch of 13 seconds. Huge respect for the Bills, by the way. They are the first team to be favored on the road against Patrick Mahomes. It is, which is really shocking because I thought 2017, his first start against Denver, why the hell was he favored? I, I don't know. You know, like they were resting starters, but okay. I mean, you know. I'm going to yeah, go with the Bills. Right. I'm going to go with the Bills. They have the more explosive team and a good amount of motivation after 13 seconds. I, I'm going to go with them. And I don't think, I don't think I'm going to change this pick. I know it's a game that is pretty tough for a lot of people, but I'm actually pretty I'm, I'm going to go with the Bills here. Oh, man. And Jack took <laughs> Buffalo, too. So. You guys know how much I love those picking those Chiefs, especially when I'm the lone wolf. Yep. It seems like they're always playing at Kansas City. Every yeah. time. They've never played in They've Buffalo. They've never played in Buffalo in the Josh Mahomes era. That's so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I'm like, I'm torn on this because the Bills embarrassed them last year in the regular season. The Chiefs won when it mattered. There's no Tyreek Hill. I don't know. I don't. Is Trey White playing? Because I, I, I don't know if he is. I don't is. think so. <sighs> but Elam has actually looked not bad. He's looked good. So. It's, it's really just going to come down to, I think the X Factor is again going to be Gabe Davis, right? Like if he has himself a game, the Bills are going to thrive. Yep. <laughs> I hate picking this game. Mm, Chiefs barely won a close one. I am torn. Give me the Chiefs for now. All right. I can guarantee that pick will fluctuate before <laughs> Sunday Night Football. <laughs> yeah. But um, another great game here. Dallas and Philly. The Eagles are the only unbeaten team in the league. If they win, you open up a two-game lead over Dallas in the NFC East. Obviously, we've had a lot of discussions over this division in the offseason. I'll let you start here. Who are you going to take? No, why do I have to start? Okay. I started on Bill's Chiefs. Here we go. Cooper Rush, this is the ultimate test, right? You're 5-0 and as a starter. Once again, I'll say it. He, this is Dak's job, okay? This is 5-0 and as a starter. If you go into Philly and win. This is Dak's job. I think this is the best defense that Philly is going to face. Yeah. Ooh. Give me Dallas in an upset. Okay. Give me Dallas in an upset. I'm riding with the rush narrative, man. It's worked for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, me. I'm not. I'm not. Give me Dallas in an upset. I think the Eagles are going to lean on Jalen Hurts to victory. I am taking Philadelphia here. Jack is also taking Philly. And I think the fans are going to take Philly as well. So you might be lone wolf here, uh, which, to be honest... Oh, I definitely will be. There's no way the fans don't take Philly. Yeah, it's, it, I, I think they're going to take Philly. But, oh, my God. And then we go to Monday Night Football. The Broncos and Chargers. It's just like, man, can we stop putting the Broncos in primetime? Like, Dude, no, this no. is the fourth time in six weeks. How nobody, is that even possible? Nobody wants this. Nobody's asking How is that this. even possible? I don't get it. Four times in six weeks, bro? That's, dude, dude, why couldn't the Bills-Chiefs game be on Monday night? Right? Why can't we Exactly. Switch? Why? Like, it's, oh my oh, god. Good. Okay, at some point, Russell Wilson, things have to turn around, right? Right, Anish, right? Like, yeah, yeah, man. Oh my god, just g- give me Denver. Right? 
I don't even know. It's it's. <laughs> I'm banking on something from Russell Wilson. Something because right now, like, I've seen nothing. But with the nature of these okay. division games, this is the perfect time for anything just a spark. So I'm gonna go with Denver here. Give me the Chargers. I think Eckler's gonna run all over that defense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Be, I'm, I'm not it's gonna be a home game pick. for the Broncos though. Oh yeah. But I mean, give me the Chargers. I so I'm lone wolf on the final three. Yeah. Um, but I think the fans will probably take LA with me. But um, yeah, I'm torn on the KC game, and I'm torn on the Chicago one. I might change that before game time, just because I'm starting also Washington's defense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Also, you got to root a little. You know, just, I still root for Carson a little bit. You know, want to see a little bit from him happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of difference a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Yeah. Kind of rounds out our episode. I had a lot of fun with it as usual. Um, again, let us know in the comments any questions or any you know crazy takes you guys have about these picks. Maybe a surprise win from like the Panthers over the Rams. Hey, I'll listen to an argument. Um, but that concludes our episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. We have been the Cold Art Truth NFL Podcast, and we will see you guys next time.